0: Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I am Jason Kong, here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Good. I hope you are, Jason. I'm wonderful, Bill. Always enjoy our time here with you. And we've got a jam-packed show today. And (laughs) first up on the docket, Bill, we, we always love our veterans and Uh, You do so much with your webinars, uh, letting folks know about the benefits available to them, but there's a a set of rules for uh, a specific set of veterans that we want to talk about today.
1: Well, you know, one of the things I talk a good bit about uh, is, is what's called the improved pension. Uh, for veterans uh, and their spouses and widows or widowers uh, who have long-term care issues because we end up helping a lot of veterans with their estate planning relating to to, that can help them with potential VA benefits uh, for long-term care. So that's part of our webinar. But I also mention uh, something that's real important to so many veterans who have served uh, that is not connected to being a war period veteran like the pension is. Uh, Now, some people call the pension aid and attendance, and it's actually pension with aid and attendance or pension with housebound. But the other potential benefit for veterans has nothing to do with war period uh, veterans uh, normally, and that's called Um, in-service connected disability and so if if you have a veteran who's receiving a paycheck every month um, they have an in-service connected disability you know the most common one is a 10% uh, disability Uh, and uh, that can be uh, you know just having that much you know it's a a small check Um, you know I think it's about hundred and sixty five dollars or so a month Uh, But it also gives them total access to the VA medical system, which not all veterans uh, uh, are entitled to do that. But any veteran who uh, has an in-service connected disability, and that basically means they were injured in some way uh, while they served in the military. And it doesn't matter whether um, it was during a war period or not. I mean, lots of veterans are injured uh, during training. Uh, I don't know of any veteran that doesn't have hearing loss, including me. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much impossible to serve in the military and not uh, have long-term hearing loss. But, uh, but there's a special group of veterans, uh, and they are war period veterans, Uh, who served either in the desert uh, since 1990. A lot of folks don't realize that we've been in the desert since 1990. Uh, uh, That's a long time. You know, we're talking, you know, 30, 31 years uh, or going on 31 years. uh, Or or folks who served um, uh, in or near uh, Vietnam and so uh, most folks at this point, and these uh, benefits are, again, in-service connected disability v- benefits, and a lot of folks are familiar with Agent Orange, uh, which is for those folks who served in or near Vietnam, uh, but there's, uh, uh, and there are a lot of veterans who are now, just now, um, applying for benefits based on Agent Orange uh, and so uh, some of the new rules that I want to make sure, because a lot of uh, veterans might have looked at it, you know, a few years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and they were turned away because their malady was not included uh, in the Agent Orange settlement. Well, anyway, um, so uh, and, and also there's been some uh, expansion. Uh, for those uh, veterans who are covered under the Agent Orange Settlement. Uh, so basically, anybody who served boot on the ground uh, in Vietnam uh, are, are covered. Also, any, a, any um, veteran who served within 12 nautical miles of the Vietnam coast. Uh, also, those who served on or near the Korean DMZ during certain periods of times, And those who serviced uh, C-123 airplanes um, because they had lots of Agent Orange residue. Uh, And that is even true for reservists and guardsmen who serviced those planes way after Vietnam. Uh, And also uh, servicemen who served on the perimeters of Air Force bases in Thailand. Uh, in fact I just had a, a call recently from a veteran who wanted to know if if he was covered even though he never went to Vietnam and he had he happened to be an Air Force guy who served uh, on an air, air base in in Thailand so here you go so um, but what's important for those folks is that certain maladies have, now been included in the Agent arms settlement, so it's the kind of thing where, if this is a malady that affects you or a loved one, uh, then you need to be thinking about applying for benefits. So, what what are the new ones? Well, one is bladder cancer has been added, hypothyroidism has been added, and Parkinson's has been added. Uh, so, you know those those uh now you know there's tons of others so you know for those folks who suffer from any cancer or some of these other conditions they should you know they should google the list if you will uh, of presumed maladies because you do not have to prove causation all you have to do is show that you served in or near vietnam and you suffer from one of these diseases and if if you um now typically i tell folks to go to the north carolina division of veterans affairs to apply for these benefits with strong doctor letters uh, with your diagnosis and things like that to have all your ducks in a row but you can get free advice and free help from these folks and they do a pretty good job on those particular claims The reason we do pension claims is nobody else does a very good job unless you go to an elder law attorney to seek help. Uh, Most people who are trying to get pension claims are are denied uh, for, um, unfortunately, for valid reasons. There are crazy rules in place where if you don't understand how those rules work, you'll never get it, particularly if you're trying to stay at home. So that's those are really important for folks to know. But these in-service connected disabilities, uh, and particularly Agent Orange, is is huge for a lot of folks, uh, and and they, quite frankly, deserve the help and should get it as, as quickly as possible. Now, there's another set of veterans, and uh, I'm talking about our Gulf War veterans, and you, you need to look most of these things up, but... A lot of folks don't realize that there's also presumed maladies. It's similar to the Agent Orange settlement, where these folks, uh, if they uh, suffer some of the maladies uh, within 10 years of service there, in other words, it has to manifest. Uh, That's not true of the Vietnam era, folks with Agent Orange, but at least with the uh, with the Gulf War veterans, they have that ten-year manifestation. But um, for those folks who served in the desert, uh, some of uh, some of these things happened from 1990 uh, on. Others are from 2001 on. Uh, you know, after 9/11. But um, you know, for them, what's been added to uh, their presumed list is chronic asthma. Uh, Uh, rhinitis and sinusitis um, for those who served in southwest Asia. so anyway that's something for veterans to be looking at particularly if they have those conditions which have been added to presumed maladies for them because you know frankly uh, those payments also give them access to the medical system for the va which of course in this area is very very good um, so it's really important for folks to know that. And, of course, uh, I do uh, try to help veterans all I can. Being a veteran myself, it's important to me for folks to know. And, and the VA is not going to write to you and say, oh, by the way, we, we saw where you applied uh, for this uh, a few years ago. You need to apply again. They're not going to tell you a damn thing. So you need this is where you got to know your own stuff and then take the appropriate action.
0: Well, you always do so much to help our veterans out there who are listening. And if what Bill is speaking about applies to you, or if you or a loved one are a veteran and you're uh, interested in knowing what types of benefits are available for those who need long-term care, you need to register for Bill's free seminar dealing with long-term care assistance. You can do that by going online to WGA Law. WGALaw.com. Just click on the seminars button. Bill's long-term care assistance seminar is in the morning session. The next set of seminars is happening on Wednesday, September 8th. Wednesday, September 8th. These are currently in the form of webinars. You can learn from the comfort of your own home. All you need is a device with internet access and an email address and you're good to go. These are highly informative and educational. There's no strings attached. All you do is just register. Again, it's free to attend. It's free to register as well. Wgalaw.com. Click on the seminars button to learn more. Wgalaw.com. We're taking a short break, but we'll be back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill online anytime at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's also where you can register for Bill's webinars. The next set happening on Wednesday, September 8th. These cover the subjects of long-term care assistance, as well as asset protection and trust planning, highly informative and educational webinars that you can participate in from the comfort of your own home. If you enjoy these shows, you'll enjoy the seminars. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on that seminars button. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, you've got some uh, some interesting thoughts related to clients that you've uh, had in the office recently.
1: Well, uh, I, I would never divulge names, but it, I think it's helpful for folks to um, understand how you know experience can help you put things together. But um, because um, to so many folks it can't really do that, uh, and anyway, let me tell a, a few, a couple of stories here that have lots of different tentacles in terms of helpful uh, uh, advice so that folks get a better understanding of how some of this uh, works. Um, I met with a client uh, recently um, and and actually the client was the daughter of a client and uh, she wanted to make sure she was doing things right and she was doing a really good job quite frankly. I was real proud of her. Um, But she is the only daughter. She lost her dad this year, and her mother is uh, suffering from severe Alzheimer's and uh, is in a facility, um, uh, you know, being taken care of, but doesn't recognize her daughter or grandchildren or anybody. Um, but the the key for her was, number one, uh, and one, one thing that helps with our webinars is to find out when you're not going to be able to get financial assistance, you know that's really one of the important things because there are lots and lots of times where financial assistance is in fact available, and there are other times when it's not going to happen. Well, for this this family, it's not going to happen. They they the the there's too much income and too many resources, uh, and she is in a um, uh, Alzheimer's unit in assisted living, which is a very aggressive care. It's very expensive, uh, but uh, there's not any financial assistance for, for this family from uh, the government, uh, whether it's for Medicaid or VA. So the bottom line is, is that now, so obviously we talked about some things that she was doing uh, and things that she could do, but one of the things that I do like to help clients with uh, can be tax advice. And and in this case, um, this lady inherited a large uh, retirement account from her husband and of course her daughter has the power of attorney. And the good news for her is she has my power of attorney, which gives her far more options in terms of what she can do than what most powers of attorney will allow you to do. But she has a—the um, the wife has um, now an, a retirement account over a million dollars, so large larger retirement account. And she also has a large medical deduction for income tax purposes because uh, right now her medical deduction for this year uh, for the wife alone— should be somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty thousand ninety thousand dollars and it could be more than that because it's not only how much she's paying to the facility uh, which is absolutely reasonable and necessary for her care uh, but she would also have her medicare deduction from social security as a medical expense she would also have uh, any the uh, cost of medical insurance on top of Medicare, uh, and she would also have copays and deductibles and drug expenses and all of the other stuff that goes into it. So that just pushes that deduction up, up, up. Now, what is the opportunity? Got a large IRA. We know who the beneficiary of that IRA is going to be. It's going to be the daughter, okay? And one of the bad things about the new law under the SECURE Act is when her mama dies, she's going to inherit this IRA, and she's only going to have 11 tax years. It's 10 years from the date of death in order to distribute all of that money. Now, out of a traditional IRA, that means that she will have, if she, if she does it over 11 years, about an extra $100,000 a year that is gonna go into her in, ta- taxable income on her income tax return. So, one advantage that she has, and this applies to a lot of families out there if they have a, a, a retirement account and a, a large retirement a, a re- account, large medical expense with a large retirement account. That's the time to do Roth conversions. And so uh, as long as you're 70 and a half, you can convert. And it's not, I'm not talking about 72. That's the new year for required minimum distributions. But as long as you're 70 and a half, you can convert up to $100,000 a year from a retirement account. I mean, uh, from a traditional retirement account to a Roth retirement account. And that's very advantageous. And why would you do it? Okay, well, this is what people don't realize. Well, when you have a large medical deduction, you may pay no income tax on that Roth conversion. Or at the worst case, you'd pay 10% on some of it. So when you do have a retirement account, traditional retirement account, and you do have large medical expense deductions, that is an opportunity to convert to Roth. Now, what benefit is that to the daughter? Huge, because she's gonna inherit this, and, it, and if she inherits a Roth, she'll be able to leave that money invested for 10 years from the date of her mother's death before she has to take it out. And then when she takes it out, there'll be no income tax on it. So you're paying little to up to 10% income. But if she has to pay tax on it herself, and plus with an extra $100,000 or so of income tax, it's going to push her tax rate way up. And so It's really, of. that's one of the reasons why converting to Roth can be really helpful to folks. So that's just one example of when people need to take advantage of Roth conversions is when they have huge deductions. And of course, a medical expense deduction can be a really huge deduction when people are having to pay for uh, care because it's so expensive.
0: It is tremendously expensive, and that's why uh, two things: one, you have built seminars that you can attend to. Learn more about assistance that may be available for you for long-term care. And also, that's why it's important to make sure that you have your documents reviewed and you seek the advice of an elder law attorney to make sure that your plans are going to be executed in the way that you want and make sure that your documents are going to do what you want as well. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, you can go online to Wga law. Com. That's also where you can register for Bill's seminars. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, September eighth. The morning session covers long-term care assistance, and the afternoon session covers uh, asset protection and trust planning. WgaLaw.com. Click on that seminars button again. It's free to register for the webinars happening on Wednesday, September eighth. If you prefer to call the office, you can do that by calling nine one nine. A short break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Don't forget, WGALaw.com is where you can go to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. It's also where you can go to register for the webinars that are just around the corner happening on Wednesday, September 8th. These cover the subjects of long-term care assistance. It covers Medicaid and veterans' benefits, as well as the afternoon session, which deals with asset protection and trust planning. Go to WGALaw.com and click on that Seminars button to learn more. Bill, we uh, we just shared a client story, and these are always fascinating because I, I think it allows us to really put ourselves in the shoes of other people. And, you know, I see how I would react a lot of times in these situations, and I always learn something because, you know, there's there's always unintended consequences and other things that what you don't you don't know what you don't know as you often like to say uh,
1: you know it's well it's not only that but you know uh, the best way to learn from mistakes is to learn from other people's mistakes and not make them themselves but it's also when you see uh, how other folks have done something right to emulate that too and so you know we're Uh, Much better at copying the the good and bad of others than (laughs) than of creating it for ourselves. But uh, I want to share another uh, client, uh, uh, and these folks were absolutely wonderful people with a, I mean, I I would say a picture-perfect family. I mean... These folks. Uh, I mean, this is Aussie uh, and Harriet times two. Uh, after they're much, much older than what we where we saw them, but this is uh, a married couple in their uh, late eighties. Have been married forever. Uh, very uh, happy, taking care of each other, living independently. Um, with, of course, when some health issues, but nothing horrible, uh, where they're both lucid and taking care of things, and they have wonderful children, wonderful uh, grandchildren, and, and uh, a ton of great grandchildren. I mean, how great is that? You know. And so, okay, so they come in, and their uh, primary focus is we want asset protection. And they uh, have a, a, a nice home in Wake County with a lot of land, okay, 35 acres in Wake County, okay, uh, and a home situated their own as well, and just as happy as they can be. And it was not hard to discover that that was their legacy that they really wanted for their children? Um, now, uh, now, don't forget. Even though they were still doing fairly well uh, in terms of health, they're in their late eighties, almost ninety years old, both of them. And so it was like, do you, you know? They were thinking in terms of we should do an irrevocable trust to protect our home. Uh, Of course, that included the land too. And it was like, no, you really shouldn't. See, this is where experience helps because uh, right now I'm trying to, uh, not trying, we've already done it, but we had one where another attorney created what we call a five-year trust for Medicaid. Uh, for a client who was already 90 years old. And of course, it wasn't unexpected that within a couple years, um, there was a situation where the, that client needed nursing care. And so we had to undo that irrevocable trust. And, and truthfully, I've never ever would have done a five-year trust for someone in that age bracket. Well, these folks are in that age bracket. And so it was like, no, there's too many things that can go wrong. And this guy was also a Korean War veteran. I mean, so there were potential VA benefits, but again, I had to tell him, even though there's a three-year look back, uh, yes, we could potentially get you VA benefits, but if we did that kind of trust that would work for the VA, it would still be a Medicaid sanction if you needed Medicaid in the future. And I was just going, I was basically saying, even though we could make you eligible, help you to be eligible for the VA pension if you need it for you or your wife, I wouldn't do it because, frankly, it's the kind of thing where um, you want to leave this property and there's too much risk with a three-year look back for VA and a five-year look back for Medicaid for transfers to an irrevocable trust. So the bottom line is not a good idea. (laughs) Okay. But it was like, and they had documents done a few years ago. uh, And as I have said so often, it was the power of attorney, while it wasn't a, a bad one, would not work for crisis asset protection planning. And so the first thing we did was we looked at that uh, 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 general durable power of attorney that they had, which they thought would work for whatever. and they learned that it would not work to to protect them if they needed to do pre- uh, planning for Medicaid. And this was th- this was a, a, a couple where if, one of them got sick within the next few years, we could use an advanced general durable power of attorney to get either one of them qualified for Medicaid very, very quickly. And and when I say quickly, five-year look back doesn't doesn't, uh, take, take a toll for me when it comes to having the right power of attorney in place where we can do some aggressive planning, and so uh, this is a family where I could clearly get them qualified within a month uh, uh, of knowing of their crisis, preserving their, their home, preserving their land, and preserving most of their money as well. And so uh, a great, you know, a, a good example of why just having the right basic documents um, makes so much difference. So. One of the things I had to tell him, I said, look, uh, if we redo your documents, and he needed all of his documents redone for other reasons, uh, just because they had made some changes in terms of what they wanted. And so I, I basically advised him to have all six of our basic documents, which always includes that advanced general durable power of attorney, so that we could do crisis planning for them uh, if they needed it in the future. Um, and and that way they could maintain control, which is important to everybody, uh, and not have to do a more expensive type of trust, which they shouldn't have had anyway. Um, and, and it would be a really good plan for them for the time being. And then if things went bad for them, that we could take care of them. So that was really important. And there's some other things I want to share as it relates to this couple as well. But that's one of the most important things, having, you know, sometimes just having the right basic documents is what you need. But for our seniors, they really need documents from an elder law attorney uh, because uh, elder law attorneys do documents differently uh, with lots more options for seniors than what a normal estate planning attorney does.
0: Yeah, we've discussed those uh, six key legal documents. Do do we want to run through those, or should we do that in the next segment, Bill?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, uh, easy. Uh, You know, a last will and testament. They did not need a trust. Uh, An advanced general durable power of attorney, which is what we need for crisis planning. Uh, A health care power of attorney. Uh, An advanced directive for natural death, otherwise called a living will. Uh, a medical release for HIPAA compliance, and a digital release. So those six documents are needed by everybody. Um, and, you know, how advanced the power of attorney is can vary depending on the clients. But most seniors need all six documents with an advanced general durable power of attorney.
0: Yes, and making sure that you've got uh, the correct expertise and guidance from an elder law attorney is also key as well to make sure that the documents that you get are doing what you want because uh, as we've discussed so many times before that oftentimes we we think we have a a document that's doing what we want it to do but uh, once it's time to face the music that is not the case if you want to learn more about Uh, When it comes to long-term care planning as well as asset protection and trust planning, be sure to go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button. There you can register and attend Bill's webinars. These are happening on Wednesday, September 8th. These are highly educational tools for you to partake of, and there's no cost attached to any of them. All you have to do is sign up, and you can attend on Wednesday, September 8th. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button to learn more or you can call the office 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 a short break and back with more this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we will be right back listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander learn more about bill online anytime at wgalaw.com wgalaw.com i am jason kong and i'm here with bill alexander and bill we're knee deep in a client story here and this is a, an elderly couple that has a, a a large piece of property in Wake county and they're uh, they're looking for some estate planning advice
1: well let me put it this way. Now, this fellow was a Korean War veteran, and he was not um, sick in terms of needing uh, help with activities of daily living, you know, long-term care issues. And so um, if if he and his wife uh, had been 10 or 15 years younger, you know, early 70s, mid-70s, and, and in really good health, like—and they're— like I said, they're in pretty good health now, even in their late 80s, close to 90. And um, if they had been younger, then yes, I would have been happy to do a VA, what we call a, a VA trust for them, which could have, and importantly, and this is the, what I want folks to know, is that if we had done a VA uh, irrevocable trust that complied with all of the crazy VA rules. Um, then, yes, uh, we we uh, they could have been eligible for a VA pension with the trust in place after three years. There's a three year look back. but the but the other key piece is the fact that, uh, you have a five-year sanction for Medicaid for transfers into an irrevocable trust. So in essence, they have to be young enough to where we're not fearful that they're going to have a crisis within five years, uh, because you know, you're basically closing the window uh, in terms of any kind of sanction. Uh, so the earlier it's done, the, the better. But the, the important thing that I want folks to know is because folks sometimes are fearful of irrevocable trusts. And irrevocable trusts can be created flexible, it depends on who does them. So it's not only a matter of, of having the trust comply with the VA rules for this particular family, which would also comply with the Medicaid rules, but uh, which it would. But you can do it to where the the home could still be sold, uh, and the um, the the creators of the trust enjoy what's called the one twenty one exemption on the sale of your primary residence. For a married couple, that's five hundred thousand dollars of exempt income. For a single person, that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars of exempt income. Well, an, an irrevocable trust can be created. Where you don't lose that exemption if you need to sell the house, uh, even though it's in your trust during your lifetime. So you don't need to to worry about selling the house if it needs to be sold during your lifetime. You still get that 121 exemption, and um, importantly, and sometimes well for this uh, couple, more importantly that their children would receive a step-up in income tax basis at their death, which means that the tax basis at your death is the fair market value of the property at your death, which is a very important uh, income tax concept uh, for folks to understand so that if they need to sell property that they inherit from their parents, there's, there shouldn't be any income tax on the significant appreciation that that property uh, has enjoyed over the years. Um, but, but in other words, it reduces uh, the income tax to zero, and there's no time limitation. In other words, let's say the, the this home and land is worth a million dollars. Well, if the children, if neither of the children want to, to live there at after their parents are gone, and, in other words, buy it out from the other child, uh, then the property could be sold right then, and there'd be no income tax. There might even be a tax loss under those circumstances. But let's say that, that they wanted to keep the house and land for the next 10 years. Well, the basis is going to be whatever that fair market value is at the second death of the parent under those circumstances, and that would be true whether they owned it outright as uh, or if it was in an irrevocable trust so if this couple had been younger uh, we could have done that VA planning so that the VA benefit would have been uh, available to them as well as the Medicaid benefit later in life but uh, the, the better news for them they didn't need it they they didn't have any long-term care issues even though they were both approaching 90 so what's better than that uh, <laughs> so all right now uh, there were other issues with them that I thought I would share as well that um, might make a, a difference. And that is that a lot of times, now, the a fellow had a retirement account, and of course, his wife would be the beneficiary. And of course, if his wife died, it would still be his, and they would still have required minimum distributions. Well, this w- was a uh, a couple that have been blessed, and they uh, are, uh, are very um, conscious of that, and they are good uh, givers to their church, and they also give to other charities, and they're both over 70 and a half. So guess what? They can uh, make contributions directly from their retirement account to their church, which in essence saves them from having to pay income tax on their required minimum distribution. And when you're 89 years old, your required minimum distribution is a pretty hefty percentage. So uh, basically, they can either eliminate or reduce the income tax that they have to pay on their required minimum distributions by making the contribution directly from their uh, IRA custodian to their church and to the other charities that they give to each year. And so, you know, that advice alone uh, basically will save them enough taxes uh, to where my fee for doing their new documents was covered. (laughs) So, you know, folks, folks don't get this kind of tax advice. Now, the other thing, that they didn't consider, which I think is so important, is the fact that um, the survivor, because the income of the survivor, and this is something I always like to talk to folks about, because I always want couples to know what their income situation would be if and when they lose their spouse. It's important to all of us. And in this particular case, there, the taxable income was about $60,000 for both of them. But the, the income for the survivor, and this is not uncommon, was going to be almost as much. It was going to be about $50,000, not including what they would receive from the retirement account. So, uh, you know, other than the charitable advice I gave them for basically substituting their retirement account to pay to their charities. And I also had to warn them that they need to keep the information uh, for their taxes uh, on that transaction from the IRA custodian to the church and other charities because it's that information that you use to not report that income on your, your taxes, which is so important. But the other thing I wanted them to understand is, again, this is an opportunity to do a Roth conversion because their taxable income, their joint income, right now is in the twelve percent range. Well, the next tax bracket is twenty-two percent. So what I told them was that if you, because they had a, a twenty to thirty thousand dollars of room in that 12% bracket because for a married couple, it's $80,000. For a single person, it's $40,000. It's half. So what a lot of folks don't realize is when they lose their spouse, it often pushes the surviving spouse into a higher tax bracket unexpectedly. Well, that's exactly where these folks were. So what I suggested was Uh, Up to the top of their tax bracket each year, that they convert their IRA and pay taxes on it in advance at 12%, convert it to a Roth where it continues to grow income tax free, and they no longer would have a required minimum distribution from the Roth for the surviving spouse. Well, to me, that's a win win to pay tax at 12% rather than. 22%. Twenty-two percent, because this, if they don't do the Roth conversion, the survivor will p- be paying twenty-two percent on those required minimum distributions uh, from the uh, retirement account. And those are little tricks of the trade, I think, that are so important. It's not that difficult to to understand or to figure out. But once you show people how it works, you know, the eyes light up and going, "Gee, this, that's that's perfect." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you would like to put Bill's expertise to work for you, go to WGALaw.com. That's the best way to do it. You can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Maybe you want some documents reviewed or maybe you've got uh, some planning in mind and you want to make sure that you're not running into any uh, complicated tax situations or uh, you're worried about that. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or you can attend one of Bill's seminars. Go to wga-law and click on the seminars button to do that. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we covered a, a lot of ground today. Any parting shots
1: before we head out? Well, sure. I mean, uh, truthfully, uh, uh, f- f- all the churches out there and charities want you to know, uh, if you're charitably inclined, uh, that uh, you know, if you're over 70 and a half, you can actually, whether it's a Roth conversion or not, you can give up to $100,000 a year. Uh, And of course, for most folks, that would erase all of their required minimum distribution. And there's no tax to be paid when it goes to the charity. And if you have a taxable estate for estate tax purposes, then a charitable donation at your death will, and that's not limited to $100,000, that will reduce your estate and possibly eliminate your estate tax by doing it that way as well.
0: That sound you hear is all the uh, charities and uh, churches uh, applauding you, Bill. Thanking you for sharing that message. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com. That's the best way to do it. That's also where you can register for Bill's webinars happening just around the corner on Wednesday, September 8th. Be sure to register for either the long-term care assistance webinar or the asset protection and trust planning seminar. Go to wgalaw.com and just click on the seminars button. We're out of time for today. We hope you will join us again next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.